are listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Welcome everyone to the Pines Church online experience. My name is Matt Joy. I'm the lead pastor here at the Pines, and I am so excited that you carved out 25 minutes and change to study God's Word with us. We just finished a big series on gratitude and thanksgiving. I encourage you, if you haven't had the opportunity to uh, listen or watch that, you can check it out in our podcast, on our YouTube channel, on our website, social media. It's literally everywhere, and it was a really good series. I can say that because I'm simply sharing the Word of God, and I believe it'll put your heart in the right space for you to be able to uh, have the most amazing end to this year. So because Thanksgiving is behind us now, we're entering into the Christmas season. It's one of my favorite seasons. Most people, it's their favorite season, and there's so many different things and truths that we could highlight and we will over the course of these next few weeks. But today, I kind of just wanted to bring it in something very, very simple. It may sound practical um, at first glance, but as we dive into this subject, you'll find that it's actually deeply profound. And so to kind of springboard into that, uh, I'm going to highlight that this is a season Christmas season, where we're all looking for the perfect gift to give. How many of you know it's better to give than to receive? So God is a giver, and we were created in his image and likeness, so we too should be generous. We too should be givers. And so we're always looking for the perfect gift. What is the perfect gift? Is it, you know, uh, a car that we see in commercials, which I always have to ask myself, like, Who's buying somebody a car on Christmas morning? I, I am not a part of that family. And then they always have the big bow on it. Um, my friend looked into that one year because they actually did get a car. And he just, it wasn't around Christmas, but he was looking into the big bow. You know, we've all seen the commercials on TV that somebody, they come outside and there's this huge car. The bow itself, just the bow to put on a car is $350. So you can imagine what the car costs. So that's just a whole different stratosphere of giving, which we should all aspire to. That'd be great to give somebody a, a car, but a bow and even a car isn't necessarily the, the perfect gift. I did some research and I found that last year, and this was in the pandemic, so check this out. Last year in 2020, Thanksgiving weekend, okay, there were 186.4 million shoppers. That means that 186 uh, 0.4 million people went out to find that elusive, perfect gift, okay? They spent, over the whole Christmas season, a total of $755.3 billion. So a lot of money is being spent on finding the right gift. So maybe that car does rank in that range somewhere, okay? And they did, went ahead and divided what that what it what it consisted of 52% of that 755 billion dollars was clothing okay i always thought it was lame to get clothes uh christmas when i was a kid but clothing uh 32% of it was toys yeah and 27% of it was gift cards which i actually read a statistic that 40% of gift cards are never even redeemed so it's like this, it's almost like a scam, like the companies are pushing these gift cards, but most people, almost half, aren't going to end up uh, redeeming them anyway. Um, 
but what is the what is the best um, present? And so we're gonna kind of we're gonna explore that because the Bible I think the Bible highlights it. I really do. And let me just say this: that this gift that I'm going to highlight can actually be regifted. Okay, and it actually should be regifted. And so to take you on this journey, I'm gonna take a big detour. Okay, you're gonna be like, what the heck is he talking about? But we're gonna come back to the perfect gift. You got it? The best gift you can give. Okay, here we go. The Greek language, and I, a lot of times I talk about words having different meaning in the Hebrew and then in English, okay? Because you know, roughly in, in Greek and Hebrew language, there's, there's, there's like double digit of words, like 12,000 words, and the English language only has six. Okay, so there's way more words in the Hebrew and Greek language than there are in the English language. So a lot of times in the English language, one word means like five different things, okay? But in the Greek and Hebrew, they had a specific word for specific things. That's why this is important, okay? And one of those words is time. Time has two different words in the Greek. And so there's two different words for time. One is chronos and one is kairos, Okay, each of those words, however, are translated into the English word time. But if you look into these words, chronos is a time that continually moves from the past, from the present, and into the future. It's a time that we measure by our watches, our clocks, and our calendars. It's a time basically that dictates our lives. Our lives are set to this thing called time, okay? Uh, it can't be slowed down and it can't be stopped. It's actually the most precious commodity on the world because it doesn't matter if you're poor or you're rich, there's no way you can really get any more time. We're all allotted a certain amount of time. So that's chronos time. But there's another word for time in the Greek language and it's this, kairos, okay? And it describes um, being present in the moment. It is a now word. Kairos is a moment in which something special takes place. It's a major distinction between these two ideas about time is that unlike chronos, kairos is not measured by quantity, but rather the quality of the time. Okay, so you're like, what the heck does that mean? Let me give you an example. If you were to go hunting and I said, how was your time? Oh, really? How, how was your time? You wouldn't say it was two hours and 43 minutes right? You would know, I don't care how long you went hunting, that I'm trying to find out, was it successful? Did you get a deer? Did you not get a deer? What was the quality of the time that you went hunting? Not the quantity of the time, okay? So not the chronos. I'm not interested in the chronos, the calendar time. I'm interested in the kairos, the quality, what happened in that moment, okay? Now, let's, let's look to the Bible, okay? Because I wanted, this is where I wanted to come. This is why I'm bringing you this time thing. If you look in the Gospel of Mark, I was reading this the other day and, and it just stood out to me. At the beginning of, the Mar of Mark, first of all, it says this. The very, very beginning says, this is the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, okay? And so now we're finding the life of Jesus he, he encounters John the Baptist. John the Baptist baptizes him, okay? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then um, he go, he's led out into the wilderness, okay? And then in Mark's gospel, 115, 
Jesus makes this the most amazing statement. He says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Other translations say the kingdom of God is near. But I want to I want to hone in on the time is fulfilled. Jesus is saying the time is fulfilled. And the word time isn't chronos. It's kairos. In other words, there is a big moment. Something is happening and Jesus is saying and declaring that something has happened at the beginning of his ministry. Okay, Jesus is saying, I am the ambassador of the kingdom and the kingdom is near. And this confirms Isaiah's, Isaiah's words, the prophet who said in Isaiah 7, 14, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and he shall be called Emmanuel. So here is Jesus confirming what Isaiah prophesied. What does Emmanuel mean? Emmanuel means, here it is, the time is fulfilled. Emmanuel means God is with us. So Jesus is saying the time is fulfilled. What's happening in this Kairos moment is that now Jesus is here. God incarnate is with us us. We don't have to make a sacrifice. We don't have to go into a tent. We don't have to go to a priest. We have access to the Son of God now. I am the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah's words, God is with us. Now, what does that mean, God is with us? I, 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 I went ahead and took the liberty of looking up that word with, okay, because I don't want to assume you know anything, with means this, accompanied by another. So not just knowing in here, but actually being in the presence of. Now look, I'm just gonna tell you because I've shared this before. Many people, when they hear that, they're like, yeah, I know that, God's with us, Emmanuel, I've sang it in Christmas songs, but there's a difference in, in, in God's making the distinction between knowing something and living in that reality. How many of us are living in the reality that God, the creator of heaven and earth, is with us? And Jesus is saying, the prophet Isaiah was like, hold on, you know, there's gonna be a son, he's gonna be born to a virgin, his name is gonna be Emmanuel, just hold on, it's coming. Jesus is saying, I'm the fulfillment. I am here and I am with you. I am present to you. See, God is, is, is giving the best gift that you can give. And here's the whole point of the message. Being present is the best present that you can give. It's the one that God gave us. He tore the veil. He made a way. We no longer have to go to a priest. He sent his son who is now in relationship with us. And the problem is that many of us know that and we could answer that if we were given a test, but many of us are not living in that reality. We haven't allowed that knowledge to sink down into our hearts, which will be the most profound change that you can ever make in your life. You know, I'm reminded in the Psalms 46, 10, it says this, be still and know that I am God. You've probably seen that on a calendar, on a bumper sticker, 
okay? But what does it really mean? Be still in the Hebrew. It means this, to stop striving, to slacken, to let it drop. Or in the words of Elsa, let it go. Let it go, let it go. We need to let go and allow God to be in the midst of us. We're holding on to things. It means that we surrender. We let go of trying to control time, finances, people, and situations, and we trust because God is with us. He's not gonna let us take the wrong turn or move in the wrong direction. Just like if I were walking with you and our goal was to go to Annie's pretzels in the mall, if we're walking together, and you start walking towards, I don't know, mall stores, Express, I'm not gonna let you walk into Express because our goal is to get to Annie's Pretzels and I know where I'm taking you. And many of us feel like we gotta control, like, no, I gotta figure this out. When God is saying, hey, the veil is torn, Jesus is with you. He's walking alongside you, let go of these things. Be still, just stop your striving, stop your, 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 your mad grabs towards control and just trust me in this. Psalm 46 also shares, us, shares with us that he is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present time, uh, our ever-present help in times of trouble. So this text is showing us not only is he with us, but he is for us and that we can trust that he's gonna protect us when we need to be protected okay? And he's going to open doors when doors need to be open. Jesus is indicating that the time is now and that what is taking place in this coming has been promised in the past, but it's the present that matters. And although the future is promised by God, the future, the, the present is what matters most. Here's the big idea. Your past is redeemed. Your future is secured. Your present is now here with Jesus. God's greatest gift is his son, Jesus Christ, who was present with all of mankind. God with us. He transcends all things and be took the form of a human to live amongst us. And then now Jesus is with us. And in turn, the greatest gift that we can give to one another, the greatest gift we can give to God, the greatest gift that we can give to one another, and the greatest gift that we can give to ourselves is to be present, is to follow in the footsteps of God's gracious giving. Here's the thing. People are starving for connection. They're starving for that quality time. Nobody's going to remember the Fitbit that you gave them, okay? In four years, you're, most of us will not remember what was given and what was packaged under that Christmas tree, but we'll never forget the time that we had with people because it's literally transformative and it's also 
eternal. Those memories, those conversations, they translate into eternity. Everything you see around us in the material is all going to burn up. It'll wither away. It'll rust. Moths will eat it. But the time, the genuine connection we have will never fade. You know, John 15, 13 says that there is no greater love than this, than he who lays his life down for his friends. I love that scripture. And we often see it around Veterans Day and Memorial Day, and rightfully so. But sometimes we make the mistake of taking that scripture to its apex. We imagine somebody in their platoon jumping on a grenade to save the rest of his uh, platoon. And we do that and we absolve ourselves from its everyday application. So no greater love than this delay is life down is to give our, of our time. And to give of our time means that we're not checking our phone. You know, the average person touches their phone 2,617 times a day, just touches like this. It's like we're crack addicts. We're always like, we're always like this. What I'm telling you is the greatest gift that you can give this Christmas season and, and, and in January and in February and March and April, May, every day is to be fully present to the person that you're talking to. And I think nobody exemplifies this more than Jesus. Okay, here's Jesus walking, a huge crowd around him, and he knows that somebody touched the hem of his garment. And his disciples are like, you're crazy. There's no way that, you know, because he was present. And when Jesus was talking to her, it's like no one else was around him. I have to believe that one of the qualities of Jesus is that when, you are, when you're staring into Jesus's eyes, he made you feel like the most important person on the face of the planet. He wasn't in a hurry to get here or in a hurry to get there. There was nobody else in the world except for you. And I believe that God has asked us, he's commissioned us, he's championed us to do the same, to go and do likewise, to be present in the moment of whoever we're talking to, whether that's the barista at Starbucks, whether that's the checkout person at Target, whether that's your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, be present to the moment. Put up your phone and be with the people that you're going to be with this Christmas season. So the greatest gift the greatest present that you can give is being present, your time and your undivided attention, 100%. And you'll find that relationships will go deeper and that the words you share and the time you spent will count for eternity. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hope that you got something out of this. Just remember the greatest present you can give is being present, so be present. That's the gift that God gave us. God is with us, his presence. Until next time, Godspeed. Thank you so much for listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye.